We've got a podcast run, but instead of recommending a podcast, go watch this instead. This is going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> Hello once again to a bonus episode of Film File. Now, as those of you who've checked out the other bonus episodes will know, this is what I call the hashtag MTOS or MTOS bonus episodes, which relate to the Sunday evening movie talk on Sunday chats that take place on Twitter, 8pm UK time every week, different topic every week. So with me at the table, I've got my regular cohorts for the bonus episodes. Uh, Scott. Jason. And as a special guest this time round, we have... Uh, Tom from Good Film Hunting. So Good Film Hunting, uh, where can we find your podcast? Uh, it's available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher and YouTube. So go check out that podcast, get you subscribed to it and show Tom your love and support. So this bonus episode, as it's the season of festivities and goodwill, is all about Christmas. Taken from some questions that went out earlier in December about Christmas films... So we're going to do the usual format of working through the 10 questions and getting some ideas of what's worth checking out, what's worth missing and what we love about this festive season. So I want to start up with a simple straight off the bat. So, Scott, what would you say is your favourite Christmas film? The one film that you return to happily each year and sometimes will even be happy to watch at other times of the year. Uh, I always have a, a sort of like ironclad five I have to hit every Christmas. But the one... That is my personal one because it's not really a Christmas film and I will watch it sometimes off-season, is Batman Returns. Ooh. Obviously, I'm a big Batman fan of DC Geek and it's my personal favourite Tim Burton Batman film. So it puts me in the mood for Christmas because I've watched it every Christmas since, oh, that was 10. Obviously, it's not really a Christmas film, so sometimes if I'm in the mood... It falls into that pit of films that are set at the season even though they're not particularly christmas themed yeah it's tangentially within it yeah exactly it's not it's not a christmas film in any sort of definition bar it's set slightly at christmas anyone dislike batman returns anyone prefer the first batman film over it well i think the first one's more the classic and it's obviously got jack nicholson holding it up but i think the second one is more what tim burton wants to do with the character do you know what I mean? I know, I know when I first saw Batman Returns on the big screen, I wasn't that enamoured, but it's over time when re-watching it that I grew to love it more and more. Mm. And I get where you're coming from when you say that it's the better of the yeah. Tim Burton films. It's a cracking film. Danny DeVito yeah, no, is yeah. inspired casting. He's so underrated, I think, as a villain actor. Joke, when, when everyone chucks out the best, he never gets mentioned. He yeah. should, though, because he was a beast in Matilda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom... Uh, mine's similar to Scott. It's not really a Christmas film per se. It's got Christmas in It's Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> oh, he's going for the oh, double bill. Oh, double double bill. Bill. <laughs> Firing double barrel. It's because it's got Christmas in there, but it's you can it's, you can watch it any time of the year. It's pretty much on every bank holiday on ITV anyway, without <laughs> a doubt. So it's always there on the TV. I always give it a watch whenever it's on. Now wrong with a bit of Die Hard. Uh, Lethal Weapon, it's nice to hear some love for. Kind of gets forgotten. Everyone always clamours every year to do this argument about Die Hard's a Christmas film, yeah. Die Hard's a Christmas film. It's like, Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon. Is someone going to mention Lethal Weapon? So it's nice to hear someone pitching that one forward because it's yeah. very much forgotten. Uh, my favourite Christmas films, Gremlins. Ooh, That's man. Nice. This is the first Your one. two choices are rubbish. That's the winner. <laughs> well, Gremlins is in my five, but uh, I'd say that's the first a genuine Christmas film said. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah, it's a genuine Christmas film because it's all about you know it's all about the season. It's all about getting a present for Christmas, which happens to be a pet. Don't give pets for Christmas. So, what is it particularly about Gremlins that it just makes me feel good? And it's got like nice little horror elements. It's got its nice like set of dark comedy, and it's got like a feel good little ending. You know, a little bit sad because you know Gizmo has to go home, but it's just just quite nice and pleasant and like a fur hole. Christmas gone wrong, but in the end, we all learn some values and we all become better people. Kind uh, of subver- apart from the dead ones, kind of know. subverts the um, conventions of Christmas films at the same time hmm. in quite a really clever way that it then parodies in the second film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of love for the second film. I oh, adore the second yeah. film. Um, any film that mocks itself and its own conventions way before mocking films and conventions became a cinema sins thing. Yeah. yeah. It I, wins in my book. I just adore that there's a whole scene in the second one dedicated to ripping apart the rules of the first one. <laughs> yeah. And then just gets on with it anyway. 
I'm going to test to see whether Scott, what Scott knows about my opinions by saying, do you know what I would choose as my number one Christmas film? Harold and Kumar's very Three. funny Christmas, whatever, 3D Christmas. I think it's it's a wonderful life. I think it's a wonderful life. Well, it, that is his favourite, but he's got a weird soft spot. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll be it, it was on the quiz. He brings it up every time. <laughs> I'll, I'll get round to Howell and Kumar later. But yeah, It's a Wonderful Life is the one film. Every year, Christmas Eve, it's already scheduled in for me and the family to sit and watch you, it. You did the show, didn't you, for Howard and Kumar's Christmas? I thought you were going to say, you, you did It's a Wonderful Life. How old do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> I remember you say you were going into production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, I did a screening yeah, yeah. Uh, for Howard and Kumar. I, I was and there absolutely and I remember loved, loved it. it, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a wonderful life. For me, it's a Christmas tradition. Every Christmas Eve, me and the family sit around and watch it. I've seen it on the big screen a few times. And I, I even this year, it must have been about June or July, I just felt like watching it, so I popped it on. I remember, I remember it's your favourite because I've said many times I haven't seen it and every time you say you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, surprisingly. <laughs> it's just such a... A good film about... I mean, it's basically a, an alternate take on Scrooge. It's someone mm. is showing like what life would be like without him in it yeah. to make him realise that how important he is to other people's lives and how much good he brings to the world. And it's so funny and it's so beautifully written and it's so heartfelt. I, I'm in tears by the end of it. Every time I watch yeah. it, I still burst into tears. I've watched it so many times and yet it still has that emotional impact. That's why it will always be my number one Christmas film. And it's even though I don't do like number one films of all time, whenever I draw up a top five at the moment, that's always within the top five. Fair. Uh, so we'll move on from that. So everyone's got that one festive film that everyone else appears to enjoy and it just makes you want to smash your TV up. Tom, you're nodding at me already. Love Actually. Oh, you beautiful man. <laughs> Tell I, me why you hate it. <laughs> I just can't stand Martin McCutcheon, to be honest with you. That's my main... <laughs> Not well. the angles, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I just find it really like. Why does she get me. your wrath out of all? I don't. I've never liked. Her. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you're the kind of person who watched an episode of EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate yes. that. <laughs> yeah, this is this is turned into therapy now. Yeah, I've never I've never liked Martin McCutcheon. It's really affected my primitive years. No, um, I don't know what it is. It's just every time I see it, come on, I'm just like. Isn't there something? Be- There's obviously stuff better that we can watch. Why, why, is that, why is that better film not on the? T- why do I have to sit through this pile of garbage? I'm completely with you on Love Actually, although it's not because of Martin McCutcheon. I've got no issue with her. <laughs> I've got an issue with it being a, a, about nine different stories yeah. all crammed together in a schmaltzy, sugar-coated, syrupy flit yeah, of a movie, so of yeah. which only two of the stories are anything good, and the rest of them are just so shoehorned in, it's awful. And it's not even a good depiction of love. You've got Stalker, who like wants to knob his, um, <laughs> best, his best mate's bird. Yeah. And gets with it at the end. It's like, how is that? Look, I don't know. Oh, he, do, he doesn't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I hate the film. Really spreads the message of Christmas, doesn't it? I yeah. want to knob your girlfriend. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, that, that's why I'm never invited to anyone's Christmas exactly. dinners. <laughs> the, there's so much about it that I absolutely despise, and it comes. I mean, it comes from a writer and director that I normally have a lot of respect for. Weirdly, the Swedish strand story is the the two porn actor, the actor and Martin actress. Freeman yeah. and um, I can never remember her name. Uh, Stacy from Gavin and Stacy. Because um, it just feels the most weirdly realistic. Yeah. <laughs> after that sounds. They just, they just get talking on set while performing the act. And then have a cute, cute Christmas moment. Like, like. <laughs> However, there's another film for me as opposed to love, uh, love Actually, that everyone seems to love. And even today, my Twitter feed has exploded because I put a question out at the weekend that did criticise this film. And it's exploded with people telling me that how wrong I am and how no one can hate this film. Elf. Okay. I yeah, love Will Ferrell. Yeah. I love his sense of humour. Mm. I absolutely hate that film. I cannot abide it. What is it? What, what's the disconnect? I don't know. It just... It feels like Will Ferrell trying too hard to be Will Ferrell. Yeah. And it's just... Again, there's too much schmaltz in there. Is that part of Christmas? I know, I know, we all picked deliberately on schmaltzy picks over, <laughs> but like it's kind of tailored into the idea of a Christmas film, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but there's ways of doing schmaltz on Christmas films without it feeling like schmaltz. And you know, that Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the original version, mm. is a good example of how you can do it without overly schmaltzing it, and then compare it to the nineteen ninety four 
Miracle on Thirty yeah. Fourth Street, where oh my god, you're drowning in treacle, and that's that's the problem is that <laughs> is the elf delves too far into that kind of territory, and it fails to actually be a film in a, of itself. It's a film that you can only watch at Christmas as a result, because otherwise, you've got your taste back for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's got some sort of like new classic status, though, isn't it? And you're not allowed to criticise things in that. Oh no, yet. you're not. No, no, no. When it becomes when it becomes solidified as a classic, you're allowed to then critique it again. But until, well, it's in that new classic status, people will never let you talk about it. <laughs> I think I'm going to throw a spanner into the works. Say I've never seen Elf, so everyone's like, "Oh, do you remember this scene?" I'm like, "No." I've not seen it. And then they go at me for not watching that film. I'm just like, why? That's something that I don't like, is when when you haven't watched something and people have a go at you. I know I have a go at you, but I do it in a mocking way. (laughs) When when they seem genuine about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I mock you when you say you've not seen Highland. It's like, mate, what? What? You're dead to me. Yeah. (laughs) But it's when people are genuinely like, oh my God, you need to see this. Why have you not seen it? This is ridiculous. How can you be so old I'm, I'm and not the, have seen this? I'm waiting for the day that it starts to get like the Ludovico treatment where the moment you say you haven't seen something, people will like strap you down in a seat, eyes open, eye drops, and you watch <laughs> yeah. this like 20 oh. times in a row. I, and ironically, I've never seen a clockwork orange. So I won't <laughs> even get the reference. <laughs> I was, up until two years ago, I was afraid of telling people that I had never seen The Godfather because of the lambasting that you get. I've now seen The Godfather, so now I can openly say to people, I haven't seen it until two years ago. The reason it annoys me as well is because when you finally get round to one of these films you've had badgered at you, you, you have this weird impossible standard. Yeah. And it, and it will... Inevitably, it doesn't live up to it. Exactly, whereas if you'd gone in with your, at your own time when you're ready, because it doesn't matter when you discover something. So what you're saying you discover it. is, I need to invite you round to do a podcast one day, and as you walk in, Highlander starts playing on yeah, the Yeah, you know what? It probably <laughs> catches my imagination, yeah. <laughs> but... be there for that. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Christmas film that everyone appears to enjoy that you don't like. Well, mine's a bit different, because I'm, I'm not big on Christmas as it is sometimes, so... Like Christmas films, they're all right for me. I enjoy some of them. Like I said, I love Gremlins and that. Uh, but I, one film I can't stand to watch around Christmas, but I will watch from January to November quite happily, is Die Hard. Because of that argument about Die Hard being a Christmas film, it gets thrown at me so hard that it's a Christmas film and I need to watch it at Christmas. But I can't watch it in December because I just get annoyed. And I'm just like, I don't want to be watching it. It's one of those arguments that live on the internet where I don't even feel like anyone's arguing back. It's people arguing against the idea of this person they've created. Yeah. Who's arguing against it. And then, uh, literally, you can make anything your Christmas film as part of your traditions. I could not care less. Why are you trying to validate yourself in any sort of regard? <laughs> Watch Die Hard. Watch bloody Indiana Jones. I don't care. Maybe. <laughs> we'll get, like, one of the later questions covers films that aren't necessarily Christmas films. So we'll get to that topic yeah. a bit more later. So, Scott... I don't have many I don't like. One I think is weirdly overrated, in it, not to the degree of Elf at all, but um, on a similar vein, is uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Which is... Wait, do people like that? Apparently, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah this huge... is what I mean. Oh, it, to I me, it's a, it's an average to Tom bad... loves it. I, well, like the, I, I like it better than the animated version. That, that goes without saying. Yeah. I don't, I don't get me wrong. There's, I don't mind it at all. I just don't think it's a classic. But apparently, quietly in the back burner year on year, this has been growing to some sort of weird Christmas classic status. And yet Mike Meiser's cat in the hat to get to know appreciation. Exactly. Um, Bit of trivia. Shared a birthday with Dr. Seuss. Just want to say that. (laughs) My my birthday's a horrible day because it celebrates the day Hitler came to power. Okay. Um, Merry Christmas. You you say celebrate. Like, you know, a bunch of people who are just like, oh, happy birthday. And also, happy rise to power Hitler day. There are a select few in the world who would celebrate and revel in that fact. I I forget because I like to think. Well, you, because you're celebrating on that day. Not for that reason. Well, you're celebrating on that day. You're you're not beyond suspicion. I get get where you're coming from. I mean, I've said, like, because I've been doing these chats over the past few weeks and very festive themed, the Grinch has come up quite a few times well, and I've seen imagine. the love of it yeah. so much I'm the same as you I, I think it, it's it's okay it's fine I it's don't a passable argue film it, it's no great classic and it's nothing that I feel like ever returning to if, if we were ranking top Christmas films in order I don't feel it would permeate anyone's top 30 or 40 it's the only reason I get a bit like okay <laughs> 
So moving on to the third question. So over the past few years, the streaming services are going crazy every December with a plethora of brand new films or series and shows set around Christmas. Any of you watched any of them? And is there anything worth watching out of them? I deliberately never have because you just get bombarded <laughs> with like low budget, smaltzy, I mean, it's, derivative. It, it's the new straight to TV cheesy movie yeah. of the week, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. The, you get a Sky Christmas Channel and there's a whole Christmas section of Netflix, and I just why? I'm, I'm sure the the, the it, odds are there's got to be some hidden gems in there. But didn't why Netflix suffer? do a, a um, Christmas like Bill Murray special or something? Yeah, they did. I never watched it. No, they did. Yeah. Even though it's Bill Murray, I, I and we still don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, I can't think of anything or anyone you can put in a thing to make me watch it more. The, the only one I have watched is the Fireplace. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. If, in uh, fact, yeah. I'm did you miss- go for the full one-hour version or just the five-minute? I went for a full hour. Oh, well done. Uh, it was a group of us sat around and we're like, let's see how much of this we can watch. We were drinking at the time as well, <laughs> and it was fascinating because the wood burnt. I'm. <laughs> I I must prefer the um, the the Darth Vader one that you can find on YouTube, I've which is seen... uh, the funeral pyre for Vader <laughs> flickering away instead. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so I mean, has anyone seen that there was the Kurt Russell Christmas Chronicles on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw it. I immediately skipped past it and went to something else. Because I've seen a lot of love for that one. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's worth checking out. It's not as schmaltzy as you expect. It's actually a solid." Christmas film, but it appears that none of us watch streaming services, despite the fact that we're all Netflix heads. And oh, we watch it, not the Christmas, <laughs> just not Christmas stuff. It's when, it's when that high sell goes into gear, doesn't it? Like I say, they give them their own genre, they give them their own channel, so they're just organising it so I don't have to go near it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Do you know what I mean? it's like, all grouped yeah. together, so I can yeah. then flick down and find action a lot easier. Yeah. So we'll move on to number four. Then seems though none of us have seen <laughs> anything to recommend. So Christmas comedies, there's a load of Christmas comedies. And comedy is subjective. What you find funny might be Elf. What I find funny is definitely not Elf. But which Christmas comedy film do you rate the highest? I'm going to jump straight in here with what's already been mentioned. Harold and Kumar. (laughs) Christmas, Which is an absolute pleasure. That has become a Christmas tradition for me as well. I've, I watched it yesterday. Yeah. Because I, was, I, I wasn't I was. Well, that's what wait. tripped me up. I knew it, it's Wonderful Life, but I saw you were on it again <laughs> yesterday and I went, oh, he loves that. <laughs> I absolutely love the film. It's stoner comedy. It's absolutely disgracefully disgusting, but it's also yeah. got a bit of a heart in there as well. And it balances it perfectly. I love the whole like breaking of the friendship and then the return to them being friends through all the trials and tribulations that they go through as they're trying to get the best Christmas tree for his um, stepdad, um, who's played brilliantly by Danny Trejo. Absolutely brilliant. Plays him in the usual Danny Trejo um, menacing. Yeah, he's not got a range, has he? No, he's not got a range, but it works great. Would you like Danny Trejo or Danny Trejo? And. If for only one point of the film, it is worth watching, and that's where they go through the plan of how they're going to steal a Christmas tree from within a church. Okay. And it, it does like a, a Ocean's Eleven kind of like look ahead to like all the events with like little slow motion and still frame images. Hilarious from start to finish. That and the Neil Patrick Harris, Harris cameo. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's been good in the other two. I've seen the other two. Um. Yeah. He's, he's only in it for about five minutes and he steals those whole five minutes and you just want to see him again. <laughs> I absolutely love it. If you've not seen it, get it checked out. I think it's streaming on Sky or Now TV at the moment. Mm. So uh, get digging into that. Jason, Christmas comedy film. I'm going to be lazy and say Gremlins again. It's <laughs> 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 my favourite, so of course it's for funny. <laughs> Uh, also, um, Jingle All The Way. <gasps> Jamie! Put the cookie down! <laughs> I, I genuinely feel I'm not the right generation for this film. <laughs> I think it's in that Grinch thing where, because she just watched it all the time as a kid, you've decided it's classic when it isn't. Oh yeah, I've never dared watch it as an adult, just in case. Oh, it's 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 an interesting Because <laughs> you've got Jake Lloyd in it and his only other Star Wars thing. He's wearing Aquaman pajamas, isn't he? Is he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes you think, I really wish there was an Iron Man film in the early 90s. It'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> There's a meme going around, which is um, a picture of Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Mm. And just saying, I'm going to t- tell my kids that this is Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I, I know you've got to suspend your disbelief in every film and every, certainly every Christmas film, but to believe that a parade for an action figure has a re, genuinely <laughs> purpose-built jetpack that <laughs> could be operated <laughs> is amazing to me, and I don't want it ever contradicted. <laughs> Tom, Christmas comedy film. Like you say, comedy subjectives. I don't know the uh, the Santa Claus, the the, the like the oh the Tim, Tim Allen, Allen. Um, yeah, Re- responsible for a franchise that didn't need to spin off. Exactly, but as a kid, I found myself just constantly watching it and laughing. I don't know why. I think it's it's just especially the scene. It's just that humor bit where he's shaving his beard off. <laughs> and then it just grows back home instantaneously and it's being detained by the police. In that really bad of the air morphing technology <laughs> yeah. that they were using. <laughs> yeah, and he's being detained by the police and they're asking him his name and he's saying every version of Santa Claus possible. I think it was just me being really childish and just finding that funny. I mean, To be, to be fair, I mean, I've seen the film once i've also seen the sequels and unfortunately the memories of the sequels the, Jack Frost. The, 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 the sequels have dragged down the franchise yeah. into mediocrity but that first one yeah it, it had some good good moments it played on tim allen's style of humor yeah. brilliantly and that's the key thing i'm gonna let scott say his one but then i've got another one if scott doesn't have this one i've got two that you could argue is three <laughs> what? But, uh... <laughs> well it's it, 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 <laughs> I've got it will two all that, become revealed. I've got two that you can argue with three. <laughs> well, it's it's Home Alone. You can do my accountancy books. <laughs> <laughs> it's Home Alone, but I very much include the sequel in that because you end up watching both inevitably oh, every right, Christmas. Yeah. Okay, and I, I think arguably the second one has funnier moments. It doesn't have the heart necessarily of the first one, but it has funnier moments. They just get me, even in a daft slapstick way. Joe Pesci effing and jeffing in a not effing and jeffing way. Um, have you seen the um, movies that made us? Episode about yes, it. it's fantastic. Basically, it was that Pesci knew that he knew to he, he wanted to swear in films because he has to swear in everything, and yeah. so he worked out a whole alternate swearing just yeah. for his character. Right. Wow! <laughs> and uh, the the big comic like backfall is now called the Home Alone in the industry because yeah, really? you, you're meant to not play it up, and that was the first film to like play it up. But that or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, Ooh. I mean, it's a Thanksgiving movie. It is, but, but it's because very we don't holidays. have Thanksgiving in the yeah. UK, we consider it a Christmas movie. So yeah, I'll, I'll accept that one. Um, just again, it's just comedy set. It's the feel of the it. it, it yeah. It's got the feel of like that returning home to spend time with family for the special occasion, yeah. etc. The yeah, obligation, I'm... becoming a grind, forgetting what it's all about. Anything with John. <laughs> Where Candy? are your hands between two pillows? They're not pillows. <laughs> yeah, no, I love John Candy, especially. Um, I don't. I think he's got a Christmassy scene in it. I'm not too sure if that or just knowing uh, Uncle Buck. Oh, he's got. That's my weird uh, Christmas film. That's not a Christmas film when yeah. we got to there. It's yeah. Uncle Buck. We'll get. We'll come back to that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on plane, trains, and automobiles. But I'll throw in a similar vein: National Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas Vacation. Oh, I knew it. Come Save on, the yeah. neck for me, Clark. I love that. Absolutely brilliant film. Um, Chevy Chase. I love Chevy Chase in the National Lampoon's Vacation films anyway, mm. and I think he's the perfect Christmas foil. He's someone who wants to make the best Christmas that he can for his extended family who've all gate-crashed his house, and things are just going consistently wrong for him. Absolutely hilarious. Every time I watch it, I'm chuckling. That's, an, that's the third of my, like, must-watch every year. Yeah. yeah. There's another one of the comedy that... I don't think of many people. It's um, Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, nice. Yes. I, 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 my dad got it on DVD one year, and he says... It's the worst film you'll ever see. You'll have some laughs, and I, I, I genuinely laugh every time I watch it. And it's, it's not like the greatest film of all time, but it's, it, I, I, it's one of those ones where I have to watch it at Christmas. How many Ernest films has there been? There's been about five. I know there's been about five National Lampoons. I don't know how many Ernest Christmas uh, films have been. So I think I've only watched two ever, but I feel like I see the title for so many. Like, mm. if you can name an activity or a place, there's an Ernest film for it. <laughs> uh, Ernest does Dallas. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Question five is action movies, especially if Shane Black is involved, can revolve around the festive season. Now, imagine a world without Die Hard. What is the next best action film set at this time of well, year? Well, you've, you've, you've teed it up for me. It's yeah. not action as much as uh, noirish detective mystery thriller, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I, I love Oh, it. you've stole my one! It's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was flirting that for comedy, but then you've just prompted me with Shane Black. I can't, I can't overlook it twice. Isn't Kiss Kiss Bang Bang it's just great. a joy of a film? It's, Have it, you seen it? I, I almost don't want to demean it 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's just because it was it was hyped up for me to the point where in the end it couldn't live up to expectations. So Fair I've not given it a second, that trap. second watch yet yeah. because I've got this weird like sometimes it takes me ten years or so to revisit a film. Yeah, I can get that. But yeah, if, um, I, I saw it. I mean, I ran it as a staff show, I believe. Uh, I'm sure you were. Um, um, yeah. So which meant that before any of the hype had actually hit it, got a chance to sit and watch it. And what a film. It's so good. The banter between those two is pure Shane Black. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you say, it's more film noirish. Yeah. It's got a lot in common with his later film, Nice I, Guys. Uh, I love Nice, nice guys, guys as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which that's the thematically the, a sequel yeah. to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean, they even pushed to get the higher rating just by swearing multiple times on the end credit sequence so that you've got all the, all the amount of <laughs> F words in there that needed to be secured the higher rating. Great. It just doesn't... It's not not that it's demeaning to be a Christmas film, but I just don't quite put it on the level of a Christmas film. I'd I'd watch that in June yeah. and not think twice. I think uh, that's the joy of most Shane Black films. Yeah, is that a lot of his scripts? Well, I mean, he's obviously got some big fascination with Christmas because he mm. sets so many of his scripts at Christmas, mm. but they're never about Christmas, yeah. and they are like all seasons universal kind of watching films. But when you're watching at Christmas, you go, oh, yeah, there's a Christmas tree there. Yeah. Oh. Like, do you ever consider Iron Man 3 a Christmas film? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that as my one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you still... <laughs> Seems like you stole Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> you were just from on the Shane Black conversation. See, I wanted to throw Iron Man 3 in there more because the underappreciation that that film gets. Uh, so many people say, oh, I, the Iron Man films are all good except for Iron Man 3. Cause that's, oh, that's the second rubbish. one's terrible. Yeah, the second one is garbage. Yeah. Iron Man one 3. Iron Man 3 isn't bad. Iron Man, 3, <laughs> Iron Man 3 to me is more of an Iron Man film than the other two. Together, oh, he doesn't wear the Iron Man costume a lot. It's like you're missing the point. He is Iron Man. He doesn't yeah. need the costume, and that's yeah. what the whole story is. He realizes that he doesn't need all his multiple suits of armor yeah. and everything else in order to save the world because he's got his intelligence, and that's all that Tony Stark needs. Sad that when it came to Age of Ultron, they undid all that. But <laughs> like, um... <laughs> in the first minute, <laughs> like, like... hey guys, you remember this character development? Well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but as a film, I, I love the plot twist in it as well. I love the fact that, you know, we're, we're Mandarin, Mandarin, Mandarin. Hey, gotcha. It wasn't. I love that one. And I'm looking forward to seeing a proper Mandarin come in later on. Yeah. But at, for me, Iron Man 3 is a great film set at Christmas. That's an action movie. It ticks all the boxes for the right kind of spectacle. It ticks it for the heart. And it's also got like the, the buddy relationship with him. Like basically the kid is his buddy yeah, like, yeah, yeah. partner with the wisecracks. Love it. Yeah. Tom. Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. Of course, you mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah. Just Lethal Weapon. Great, great action film. Got the comedy in there as well, especially with uh, Mel Gibson, which is not really a sentence I associate with Mel Gibson. It's comedy. But yeah, just, <laughs> just in his life. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. It's... Apologies to Mel for li- like you're listening in. Yeah. Uh, we don't mean to cast any aspersions onto no. your lifestyle choices. However, <sighs> seriously, dude. Yeah, calm yourself down. Yeah, no, um, yeah just... Lethal Weapon, that's all I can say at this point. Lethal Weapon, best action film set around Christmas, in my opinion. And mine would be the same with Lethal Weapon. So Growing put, up, I used to adore them. So he puts it above Die Hard? We just... In a world without Die Hard. A world without oh, Die Hard. Sorry, Which sorry, reminds me, on the earlier question where it's like a film at Christmas everyone raves about that you're not a fan of, Die Hard 2 is a set at Christmas, yeah. isn't it? It is, yeah, everyone forgets about that as well. I yeah. do not like Die Hard 2. You just don't like the Die Hard franchise. No, I like Die Hard and <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I, I like love them Die both. Hard with a Vengeance. I love them. I love Die Hard with a Vengeance all year round and Die Hard January to November. <laughs> but in December, no. No one ever considers the fourth and fifth Christmas films because as an adult, I'm always quite disappointed. <laughs> so in many ways, they capture the spirit. <laughs> so moving on, we've gone from action. Now let's head to love. There's a huge percentage of Christmas films which are about finding love during the season. Are any of these actually any good? Do you fall for them every time you see it? Or are they just all schmaltz? Schmaltz. Schmaltz. I can't think of a deliberately non-schmaltzy one. I, I was made to watch The Holiday once. That was oh. passable schmaltz, if there's passable schmaltz. What's the Cusack uh, serendipity? I never saw it. You never saw Set it. during the season. That, for me, I, I went in like watching it as a date movie mm. and expected it to be one where I sit there going, Ugh, Ugh, and I absolutely adored it. 
that for me would be like one that because it's all about like serendipity is fine like you know you're destined to find this one person etc etc and it's all about yeah, like yeah. they're destined to come together and it flows so well worth checking out that's the only one that can spring to mind that doesn't dwell too much in the schmaltzy territory for me yeah there's uh, there's probably an ocean of like low ones but i, I can't i don't think it's that prevalent in christmas it's usually about families and why you occasionally will get it as a subplot in a Christmas film, and I think mm. it works better there than a focus point of a Christmas film. If it's yeah. like you've got those two characters in the background and towards the end they get together because they have that moment where all the characters have to have some sort of resolution. So I have like a side character or two, you know, oh, you've been around this whole time, oh, how are you? you know. Even when you think it's coming. Why don't we go upstairs together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know how the rest of your Christmas has worked where you're just like, Nan and Grandad, stop. <laughs> because you're not married to each other. You know <laughs> <laughs> even when okay, you think, this went into weird territories. <laughs> even when you think it's coming, like with Kevin McAllister and the Dove Lady. <laughs> Speaking of the Dove Lady, the, the, the Turbo Man thing that he said that I'm going to tell my kids this is High Man. There was one with the Dove Lady, a pigeon lady, whatever she was. I'm going to tell her it's Piers Morgan. <laughs> it's I've uncanny as well. It's uncanny. The worrying thing for me is it's just dawned on me that Rule 34 exists and it means that Dove Lady must have a Rule 34. Page. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely can't think of any other... I, I haven't seen it, but I like the full synopsis and breakdown I got of Last Christmas. I've heard the film itself isn't that good, but the idea behind it is quite good. And if I, I like that. That's That, I say, would work... But I haven't seen the film. But you haven't, heard, seen, ha- haven't seen whether I've heard it the works. film is opposite to yeah, it working, <laughs> but it sounds nice. I think, unfortunately, Love, Love actually takes the crown of that because it's not really a well-done... It's not a subgenre in Christmas films, is it? They, they all focus on family or events or some aspects of Christmas. Yeah. But do people even find Love at Christmas? In Gremlins. I find it the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Phoebe <laughs> So let's move on to. I once had a Christmas one night stand. If that counts, oh, it's a one night stand. It doesn't count. <laughs> let's <laughs> move on to number seven. <laughs> January so, blues were had. Aside from portrayals of Santa, which other characters from any Christmas films do you love? If played in multiple versions, which version is your favourite? Tom. Michael Keaton as Jack Frost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not not like the, the sad, like when he's the snowman. Yeah. One, I I love that film, and I love. I, just, I don't know what it is. I, it's on my Christmas. I've got to watch it at Christmas. I like to refer to it as Batman as Jack Frost. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll, I, I, it's, it's just that film. I, I love the way he does it because the other like kind of interpretation we've got of Jack Frost is Martin Short. Does does oh, the yeah. um, does the horror film where the serial killer becomes snow called Jack Frost not count as a Jack Frost? Yeah, film? I've seen that one. I've not seen that. So I wouldn't be able to weigh <laughs> in on that one. Isn't he a character in? Uh, is it Rise of the Guardians? I think he is as well. Yeah, cause... which which is wonderful. I thought they were all right. I, I didn't see. It. I've just oh, heard. It's, it's on. I think I Santa's that's in on that. I always like Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> when when. when the Yogi Buggy song comes on, I get super excited every time that film's on. And this gets to a whole different category. Is, uh, is that a Christmas film or a Halloween film? I think it's acceptable any point from in between. I, wa- I watch in mid-November. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, if there's such a thing as um, dual-genre films, then you can have dual-seasonal films. That's yeah, fair. yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Otherwise, it's a bit ridiculous, you know, fair. double standards. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that this is a sci-fi horror but that film cannot have Christmas and Halloween. Any characters from Christmas films that you love who aren't Santa? Krampus. Krampus? Um, or is he Santa? No, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because if he, if he was, yeah. There's no right or wrong. I just wanted to pose a weird theory out. Now, <laughs> now I'm afraid my answer's invalid. No, I think Krampus <laughs> is an amazing shot. Because um, he's great in the odd TV thing. Like they did, I've got an end of a show with the League of Gentlemen guys for... Something number nine. But inside number nine, yeah. yeah. They have an episode where they film like a Krampusy film and then the film Krampus, uh, the recent one from the guy who did Trick or Treat. Mm. Yeah. I uh, loved that film. And it just generally is a silly little like subgenre of uh, Christmas horror. Children actually get punished for being little uh, swines. <laughs> <laughs> I kept it clean. <laughs> um, it'd be easy for me to say, again, Chevy Chase's character in Christmas Vacation. However, seems that I've already drawn reference to that on an early one. I'm going to throw in Eddie Murphy's character in Trading Places. Okay. 
we remember his name. I can never remember his name. I have a, I have a theory, and it's just a theory, and it'll be proved wrong immediately by you. Because every character answer. that he plays is always just Eddie yeah. Murphy. I always think if you don't remember the character name, was it a good character? Yeah, because it's the heart of the character who gets played by two rich men in order to be manipulated, taking a bum from the streets, mm. making him to be like really successful for a dollar bet. But then he realises what's going on and the true heart of the character comes out and he finds the person who was thrown down at the same time, who used to look down on him. Yeah. And he forgives him for how he used to treat him so they could work together. To oh, stop it's a great it. film, yeah. It's got so much heart to that character. Mm. And that's why it works for me. It's not a very, it's not a two-dimensional character. There's a lot more aspects to it. Yeah, you know, it's got the typical Eddie Murphy wisecracks. It's got his like his typical nature that he throws into every one of his characters. Yeah. But it really comes to a good like emotional core towards the end. You think we'll ever get an Eddie Murphy Renaissance? Well, we're in one, aren't we? Aren't we? He's doing Coming <laughs> to America too, isn't he? Coming no, to man. America too. There's also um, Beverly Hills Cop four in production. Oh, I don't mean just he and appear. He's, and he's also going back to doing stand up. I just mean, like, will he be ever seen on that level again, credibly? I'd like to see it. I'm hopeful that, I mean, particularly with stand-up stuff, I'm hoping he can go back to stand-up and still be as biting as he was. Maybe not as homophobic as he was. Yeah. But, you know, still have that edge for for these times. Yeah. Mm. It's easy to forget how much star power he had. Yeah. But it's only when you go back and you rewatch your Betty Hills cop films or, like, you know, uh, Trading Places, 48 Hours, you realise... Man, this is why this person was big money oh, yeah. back then. He was amazing. He'd just make a film by being in it. He had that Jim Carrey in the 90s dust. Like, yeah. if he were in it, you're fine, aren't you? Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, if there was going to be any character from Scrooge adaptations? I, I, I like Bill mm-hmm. Murray's variant. I know it's not Ebenezer Scrooge. But uh, I will say on this vein, uh, my favourite uh, Christmas Carol adaptation is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, well, it's everyone's favourite, isn't it, Jason? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> what, what's your favourite adaptation of Christmas Carol? Uh, Scrooged. Um, Scrooged. I just really enjoy it. And again, I'm clearly into the more dark side of the yeah. Christmas. Oh, I love Scrooge. I just, yeah. I just grew up with a Muppet Christmas Carol. I, I have a weird soft spot for Michael Caine. You, you, you had responsible parents, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are there any films that, whilst having absolutely nothing to do with Christmas, you identify with a festive period for some reason? Now, I'll start the ball rolling on this because I've got one that I watch every Christmas day. Mm. And I don't know why, because it's got nothing to do with Christmas. Mm. Back to the Future. That's it. It's a nice I, tradition. I, every Christmas. And it probably doesn't help that it is actually on ITV yeah. every Christmas well, anyway. It, yeah. But I got it as a Blu-ray box set a couple of years ago. Mm. Took out the disc. And as I took out the disc, it came on on ITV. I was like, looking at the disc, look at the TV. I don't know why. <laughs> what do I go for? <laughs> But it, it's become a tradition that I'll watch Back to the Future, and if I watch the first one, I inevitably have to then watch the next two straight after. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know why I associate it with Christmas. It's never been linked to Christmas in any way, but it's just become something for me that I'll gravitate towards at that time. I like. think it's TV habits, because yeah. there'll probably be a theme in all our suggestions. They're always family comedies, roughly on one of the terrestrial TV channels, or were our growing up. Because mine is Uncle Buck, I associate roughly an Indiana Jones film being on. Yeah. I, I, I don't connect it myself and make a point of watching Raiders every Christmas, but I half expect to see one. <laughs> like, Although on that basis, on my formative years of being a child and early teens, it should be Bond films. Mm. Yeah. They're, all like, they're all like Christmas over there on ITV. Live and Let Die should be a Christmas movie. <laughs> What's the most Christmassy Bond film? Well, there's the one with Denise Richards in it because her name was Christmas. <laughs> That's a good shout. Christmas Which, comes early. Oh, oh. you know. <laughs> and now I remember why I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, film that you associate with Christmas that isn't a Christmas film. I would have said the James Bond stuff because it's always on ITV3. Every bank holiday... Oh, it's, you get Harry Potter on ITV one as well. <laughs> Carry On sometimes as well comes on around Christmas. Love the Carry On films. I think a lot of people might say Disney films. I feel like there's a lot of Disney and Pixar films yeah. on every Christmas. Like Frozen will be. Oh yeah. 
up now and then Frozen 2 now as well. Oh man, I love Frozen 2. I've not seen Isn't it. Isn't it good? It's really good. Thematically, <laughs> 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 um, it's probably stronger than the first. It is, yeah. Story-wise, it's weaker. Oh, absolutely. But it's funnier. It's yeah. definitely funnier. It's it's it deals with some... Favourite scene this Quite year, big themes for a kid. Was it? Was it the Lost in the Woods? Oh no, but that's up there. <laughs> that's up there. For me, for me, it was the re. I don't want to say more. But yeah, it's it's just the films that you see on on the TV channels. It's probably why you get Bond in your head because they're on every bank holiday, every sort of seasonal holidays on there. Uh, it's probably why you've got Indiana Jones in your head as well. Yeah, it's, it's franchise films, it's, it's isn't it? Yeah. They, are, they are showing Indiana Jones this year on BBC One. Oh, they? I don't even need to look. Which one? New. I want to say Temple. Yeah. I want to say it. You it know might what, not be now, but... Yeah, I, I've always thought this. I just don't like Temple of Doom. Yeah. It's it used to scare me as a yeah. kid. It's fine. Yeah. I... I don't know which one's which when it comes to the Indiana Jones film. Temple's, Temple's the, the second one. The, the heart, okay. the heart the only short round. Oh, the, oh, the one where when you watch it back nowadays, you're sat there going, oh no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, did yeah. you say, yeah. this guy's a legit direct? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Crusade's good, but it's all about Raiders. It's it's, it's one classic oh, film, isn't it? The Indiana Jones film. I got it on Blu-ray from HMV the other day for four ninety nine. Oh, sweet. Nice. I, I thought that was a wonderful Christmas present <laughs> Any other films that have nothing to do with Christmas? So for me, it's every year I'll watch one of the many Godzilla films. <laughs> when I was younger, I'd get like a random VHS because there was a series of VHS tapes we could get in the UK. And on Christmas, uh, if I got the chance when my sisters weren't watching stuff on TV, I'd put one on. And even now I still do it like every year. The moment, yeah. My, oh, last year, I think it was GMK Godzilla. Who knows? Oh, I like that. Oh, that's oh, a cool do- tradition. Could, could do it coming up with 10 questions to do with Godzilla films. Oh, I love that. <laughs> or just why the Kaiju and then, you know, Kai, Kaiju franchises. Yeah. And then exclude Chaloner because it would kill him in Oh, I hate it. You'd hear him hammering on the door. Let me out! So, question nine. What's one scene in any Christmas-focused film is your favourite, Jason? I'm going to be really boring, and for the like hundredth time, it's the stair lift scene from Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, it's good scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. I Just out of all of Christmas, it brings me the most joy. In I like the Snow White scene in Gremlins when they're all. I like the Carol Singers. Yeah, the Carol Singers has me in stitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that one of them just keeps looking down at the, the like the songs. <laughs> 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 and then there's always the flasher like even though they don't have genitals it's just <laughs> love, love gremlins there's so many small touches in there that like just make every moment in that film a joy to watch yeah like where the Christmas music or the, the music is used as like something Do sinister you hear what I hear yeah, yeah, it's a perfectly innocent song but, but in that, that comes film, on it's... at work I go right where are they yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately start searching for the cupboards <laughs> Uh, for me, I'm going back to my favourite Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life, mm. and it's the point at which he realises what impact he had on everyone's lives, and he's back at the bridge, and he's weeping and saying he wants to live again. He wants to live and calling out, like, to be saved. That any... scene to me, by that by that point, I'm just a blubbery mess. I'm all over the place, because he, he's already realised that Zuzu petals aren't there. He's fallen apart, he's broken as a man, and he's realised that despite the fact that he felt that he was at his last and the world would be better off without him, the way that you touch everyone else's lives has such an impact. Uh, for me, it's the last five minutes of the Office Christmas special, when uh, David Brent finally sticks up for himself and stops caring what other people think. I find weirdly beautiful moment and then obviously it's Tim like and charming Dawn. moments as well yeah it, because he's, he's just such a pathetic character and source of ridicule and constantly embarrassing so to, for him to finally realize it doesn't matter and stand up for himself is just really heartening and then obviously the Tim and Dawn stuff so yeah, it's it's almost an excuse for that last 10 minutes the entire return and two hours of the office Christmas special so yeah I can see that my answer feels shallow now compared to your two. Uh, your, your answer's empty. <laughs> <laughs> it was that, or oh, Home Alone going, that's the sound of a toolbox going down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Love that bit every time. 
Well, if we're going to touch TV, for me, it'd be just it's any part of the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Christmas special where they try and Scrooge uh, Frank Reynolds <laughs> or Danny DeVito's character <laughs> and Charlie Day or Charlie Kelly happened to deal with what his Christmas actually was. And Mac is well, oh, beautiful. <laughs> I can't think of any TV ones, so I feel left out. There'll be loads, I just can't think offhand other than the office one. There will be. But anyway, we're up to the final question. So what elements, in your opinion, make up the perfect Christmas movie? Are there any directors and cast who perfectly suit the season? Tom? I'm not really bothered, as long as it's got a good, decent plot to it and it's not got too much love, actually, and this about it. And it's got at least some sort of relevant plot to the film instead of just adding loads of like side stories. I'm just happy with a film that will make me feel, yeah, this is a good film for Christmas and I'll watch it every year, which is a rather vague answer, I know, but there you go. <laughs> I think the key, whether it's like averting the film's intent or whether it's just a personal touch you put into it because of your connection with it, I think it has to be heartwarming. Yeah, it, it has to feel like that sort of brandy on Christmas, whether, whether it's like what the film's going for or just... It reminds you of when you used to do it when you were a kid, or it's just a tradition, whatever it may be. You've got to you've got to put it on and just feel better at the other end. You've got to be feel good about the world. Yeah, and then other than that, it doesn't matter if it's snowing or not, or if it's about family or not, because my mind's Batman Returns. Like <laughs> <laughs> for me, I most often associate like. Uh, Christmas with uh, sacrifice and to degrees like pain and stuff like Christmas wasn't always the most pleasant but there was still that element of working towards it you had to earn something and you'd be there with your family and at the end it like strengthens your bonds because you've gone you've, you know you've come together you've gone through this and as a result I like my Christmas films to have the same sort of thing which is why I think I like the darker themes like the silly stuff with gremlins even though it's a dark comedy and cramps even it's a dark comedy is just the whole having to go through something to get to the ideal Christmas just really touches, like, uh, me inside somewhere. That sounded weird. <laughs> Definitely need to rephrase that. Show um, me on the doll when it pushed you inside. <laughs> but it's, it's, just, it's just because it's such a, like, um, deep, meaningful thing, I prefer... I mean, even I said Jingle of the Way. I mean, you could say that's a jab at some form of capital, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, yeah. I need there to be some sort of sacrifice or pain or something that you have to go through to get to the end, and that's why I like my Christmas films to show, is just that part of Christmas, because it's the part I relate most to. Oh, what was the one you were telling me about yesterday? That got me really excited. I'm trying to think. Tokyo. Oh, yeah, Tokyo Godfather. Tokyo Godfather. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot I was going to mention it, because it is one of my favourites, but it didn't seem appropriate to many of the questions, though. Maybe for one, it's not so Christmas. So Tokyo Godfathers is an anime film from the early 2000s, and I watched it on my course. And it's about uh, three homeless people um, who, one's a young girl, two are older, one's a transvestite, and they live in the streets of Tokyo, obviously, from the name. And they essentially find a child. And one of them wants to keep it, but then they all decide that they should return the child to the family. And it's an animated film about uh, three homeless people trying to return a child to its family for Christmas. And it's it's funny, it's touching, it's very like beautiful to look at, and I'm I'm hoping it's aged well because again I don't tend to watch films for a long period between watches, but I remember again that was uh, one of my favourites because it's just so interesting and so very different because how many films you know are there about people who are very ill privileged, giving up what like like sacrificing and looking you know trying to taking something away that they want in yeah. order to do good for someone else. And it's just really well. Really yeah, yeah. Like it, it's about humanity, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of the Christmas films deal with humanity in some way, whether that's family or just caring that someone else is happier or doing that small extra bit, isn't it? The next right thing for us in two would say. But based off my memory, a heavy recommend that one. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. For me, a perfect Christmas movie needs to be a movie first and Christmas second. Yeah. Christmas should be the backdrop of it. It shouldn't be important to the story, even if elements of the story involve Christmassy themes. I'm going to draw reference again to Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Harold and Kumar, cool. Christmas, like 3D Christmas, works as a comedy, full stop. The fact that the plot is that all the family have come round, all of her family, Harold's partner's family, have come to visit, and he's wanting to impress them, that's the link to Christmas, is like brings all the family together. They need to get a new Christmas tree, and him and Kumar 
go hunting a Christmas tree. Mm. That's the Christmas element. The rest of it works pure. That You could replace that Christmas tree with any present that he needs to get for his um, father-in-law. It could have been anything. It works because it knows to be funny first. It knows to have yeah. that heart. And you mentioned it, that it needs to have that whole coming together at the end and everything's like good in the world. And Yeah, yeah you've and, got to be... Yeah, even films like Bad Santa, mm. as anti-Christmas as that film is, it still comes it, together at the end yeah. and has that like, well, actually, he's a better person for the experiences that he's gone through. And that's what a Christmas film should be. Is there any directors and cast that perfectly suit the season? can't think of it off the top of my head, but I would love to see a Wes Anderson Christmas film. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the, the old sort of definition of comedy and tragedy, does it leave you uplifted or downbeat? Uh, uh, they should all be common. A Christmas film yeah. should always leave you upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should never leave a Christmas film wanting the world to end and hating humanity. You should always leave you going, well, actually... It's that's funny, what though. most Christmas films leave me doing. Like, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, I was ready to go <laughs> after watching that one. That might be because that's just a bad film. <laughs> I, did not, I did not expect that to come up in Christmas with the Cranks. And thus wraps up our Christmas MTOS Film File special. We hope you all have a really good Christmas. We hope Santa doesn't deposit too much down your flu. And <laughs> Oh, it was a pun. <laughs> no, it was a memory of last year. <laughs> and don't eat too much Christmas pudding because actually it's quite rank. I don't know anyone who likes Christmas pudding. No. No? Good. I don't we're up. Yes, I think. <laughs> How? What? <laughs> Sorry, I just realised that the listeners don't get the, the, the piercing stir that I just gave you. <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, just, spice, just not my piercing bag, stir, piercing stir. <laughs> oh, <laughs> two of them! I like me spice. Wait, you can't have others for liking them. We're, we're not liking them. Oh, oh I like mince pies. I accepted the five because I'm always happy to take a high five. I got that confusion. I've, I've been Andy Meakin. Uh, Jason. Scott. And Tom. Thank you for listening. And be sure to subscribe to Film File Podcasts and also Good Film Hunting. Thank you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>